around 25 years ago, I suppose, having not long before become a Christian, I headed off somewhat out of the blue to Romania in need of some time away from the constant demands of a world that seemed to be threatening to drag me back into its grip at the time. My coming to faith is a story perhaps for another time, but it's enough to say that in that first 12 months or so of being a Christian, I wasn't really that clued up on Jesus as my saviour or the Holy Spirit. I guess I got the idea of the baby in a manger and the man on the cross. But even though I was calling myself a Christian, I didn't really understand the idea of a relationship with Jesus. And so it was that um, having escaped from retail management, Romania seemed to offer me an opportunity to distance myself from the worldly things that had really been such a major part of my life. And uh, despite some initial trepidation and a rather entertaining encounter between my dog and some Romanian border guards armed with machine guns, I found myself in Alba Iulia, a large town in Transylvania. And the family with whom I was to stay for three months and eventually to live with for four years were members of the local Baptist church in the town. And from the very start of my residency there, I went with them to church each Sunday. Now it's fair to say that church in Romania in a Baptist church is quite different to what we might experience here. At that time, there was first a 9am prayer meeting, and this was followed at 10 o'clock by a Bible study, which in turn was followed by the 11 o'clock main service. And around lunchtime, everybody headed home and then returned at around 6 o'clock for another service. So I didn't speak any Romanian when I arrived there, although I'd studied Italian at secondary school and discovered that they're quite similar as languages. And I was really quite dependent on the English-speaking members of the family to translate for me. And in church, this basically involved somebody telling me what the Bible passage was, and later on in the day, telling me what the preacher had said, or at least what they had remembered of it. And I remember at that time being really fascinated by the power and the passion of people's prayers. And also of the confidence that people seem to have with their Bibles. And during the first few months, although I discovered that no matter the language of the sermon or the songs, God was able to speak to me in those services. And it was in this period that I came to understand the importance of Jesus as my personal saviour and of the real active work of the Holy Spirit in the world and in the lives of Christians. And one Bible book, one passage of scripture particularly, spoke to me at that time. And that's the book of Galatians and the passage in chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I found myself coming back to this passage time and time again as I compared these spirit attributes with those worldly ones that were laid out in the verse before. 
The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I guess the more I read chapter 5 and about the fruit of the Spirit, the more eager I became to have them visible in my own life and to share them with others. And it was perhaps a year later, after uh, a year after having arrived in Romania, that I was invited to lead a Bible study for one of the senior youth groups at the church. This was a group of about 15 older teenagers and I chose this passage, Galatians 5, 22-23, as the verse to study. Well, I'm pretty sure that it wasn't the best Bible study ever delivered and that probably much of what I shared with them was stuff they already knew. But I guess that day planted a seed in me and I became more and more eager to study the Bible for myself in order that I might be able to share it with others. And I've preached many times on this passage and written many reflections or devotions for meetings and for groups based on it. And it really still excites me when I read these words today. Just last month on Pentecost Sunday, I decided to share some short personal reflections on the nine fruits, one each day on, on my Facebook page. And then I shared that on the Village website. And it was really exciting to see just how many people read these posts and how many people took the time to comment on them. I guess the thing about the fruit of the Spirit for me is that they are real to start with. And that they are perhaps the simplest way of checking our faith temperature, seeing where we are with God. Everyone, each of us, can read through this list of attributes or attitudes, behaviours, characteristics, whatever we call them. And we can ask ourselves, how, how am I doing with that one? How am I doing with this? And this is the truth that we need to hold on to today. Every single one of us has access to these characteristics, these fruit, because they're promised to us. The Father promised through Jesus that he would send the Holy Spirit to be our counsellor. Your counsellor and my counsellor. And that means that the Holy Spirit is here, is in us. The Holy Spirit in us is how we get to live our lives in a way that imitates how Jesus lived. See, Jesus lived all of these attributes, all of these traits every single day. And we get the chance to do the same. And that means we should daily and deliberately be seeking to do the same as Jesus. But we know that the truth is we simply can't do this unless we are connected to Jesus and stay connected to Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit living in us that enables us to do this. And as we grow and as we learn to imitate Jesus better and better, eventually we will become better at living out the fruit of the Spirit in our lives every day. When I was training for ministry, I was placed in a local church and that church was at the time running an Alpha course. And I'm sure many of you have had some experience or knowledge of the Alpha course. It's kind of an introduction to Christianity. 
And one of the key parts of the course is what is called, or was called then, the Holy Spirit Weekend. Over a couple of days, the course focused very strongly upon the person of the Holy Spirit. And there was an opportunity on the Saturday for people to be prayed for, to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, on this weekend, there was one lady who had a truly amazing experience of the Holy Spirit. And on the Sunday, she came along to the church absolutely buzzing with excitement and joy. And she arrived early and sat next to an elderly couple who had made it their habit to get to church early and to sit in the same chairs. They'd done this for years. Well, the first mistake that this lady made was she introduced herself to the couple, which was something of a surprise to them. And then she went on to tell them that she'd been on the Alpha course and how she'd had this encounter with the Holy Spirit. The response she got from them just deflated her joy and excitement in, in a moment. As the gentleman simply said to her, we don't do that in this church. We don't do that in this church. Sadly, I believe it would be possible for many new Christians or for many not yet Christians to visit a lot of churches across the country where it might appear to them that they don't do the Holy Spirit. It's as if in many churches there's a belief that the Holy Spirit was just around for a little while, around 2,000 years ago, but not anymore. But the Holy Spirit is not a thing simply of the past. He is very much of the present and of the future. And the fruit of the Spirit is not an outdated list of characteristics, but it should be a very necessary and relevant part of the life of every Christian today. In a world where instant success and ambition often reign supreme, I believe it's essential that we should continue to live out each of the fruit of the Spirit with boldness and conviction. I believe we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and to evidence the fruit of the Spirit in our lives because it's how we find the hope that we need in this messed up and broken world. Love, joy, peace, patience and gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness and self-control are the Spirit-powered fruit that get us through the challenges and the difficult days. They're the power to make God-focused decisions, to make good choices in our lives, they're the power to respond differently, to be light in this dark world. They're the power to encourage and support others, to think beyond ourselves and think about the needs of others in the world. They're the power we need to be courageous and for wisdom. This world needs people of power, not like most of the people we see with power in the world, power that is built on worldly wealth, influence and strength. This world needs people who have the power that only comes from the one who has ultimate wealth, ultimate influence and strength. This world needs people who stand out from the crowd because of their integrity and their honesty, because of their compassion and constancy. This world needs people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, who are visible testimonies to life lived in Jesus. Where there is confusion and chaos, people who bring peace. Where there is conflict and division, 
people who bring love and patience and self-control. Where there is anxiety, gentleness. Where there's hatred, goodness and kindness. And the people, world, the, the, people the world needs right now is you and me. We need to be people who rely on God's Spirit to strengthen and encourage us to live out the fruit of the Spirit. And then I believe we'll find that our lives will begin to align more with Jesus. Our homes, our families, our relationships, they'll all become stronger spiritually. Living out the fruit of the Spirit, it's a daily thing. It's not a one-off experience, but a lifelong renewing process. And the thing is that God doesn't order us to do this. He simply invites us to do it. He invites us all to choose differently and to be better witnesses of his grace and love, to deepen our trust in him, to be more deliberate about our discipleship. And we can't do this in our own strength. It's simply not possible. It's in the Holy Spirit that we must rely. And whether it's love, Joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness or self-control. We all have an opportunity to live like Jesus every day. And the fruit we bear will be a witness to the world that the God we serve is faithful. And it will bring him glory too.